0: Gentlemen, you know I always like to take this opportunity to talk about myself. The man of the hour. And let me tell you something, daddy. When you're the man, you make history every time you step foot in this ring. And that's the bottom line of the Top Woo! Wrestling Podcast. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 50 of the Top. Sweet wrestling podcast episode 50. My goodness, this year, like it, it's just crazy. 50 episodes about to hop right on into this. I got many wrestling topics. There are just some days where I like coming in here more than others, and these are one of those days. And Look, it's just about to go down. We have a lot of topics, the revival. Top guys out? Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar? WWE Dublin AEW offers? We got all of that. Plus more. We're about to hop into this thing right now. Feel free to subscribe me on iTunes. Too Sweet Wrestling Podcast. YouTube. YouTube.com slash C slash OMG Corey B. I am everywhere. Twitter at MJ at Two Sweet You can find me everywhere. Google Podcasts uh, and Castbox as well under Two Sweet Wrestling Podcast. So we're about to hop into this thing as I get things together here. And first, we're gonna start off with the revival. Top cast out. So I'm scrolling through Twitter a couple of days ago. And I see that the Revival have asked for their releases? Man! And the first thing I think, the first thing all of us think, okay, where they jumping to next? Where's the defection? Where's the defection gonna lead to? So the first two companies that come to my mind is Impact Wrestling, first of all. Impact Wrestling has a phenomenal tag team division. No matter what you believe about Impact Wrestling, that tag team division is phenomenal. It would be a hand-in-glove fit for the revival. Uh, Impact Wrestling treats their tag team seriously. And I think it would be a phenomenal fit for the revival. But the tea leaves are starting to turn to AEW. All Elite Wrestling, all of the tea leaves are starting to turn there as to where the revival will go. And... Look no further than a couple of months ago, when the Young Bucks said, the Young Bucks on Twitter, they posted, the Young Bucks will wrestle the Revival one day, remember this tweet. Then the Revival came back and said, the Revival will wrestle the Young Bucks one day, remember this tweet. So, there's been a lot of back and forth, the FTR, the F the Revival, the, the FTR Trademark. There's been a lot of back and forth with these guys. So... There's been a lot of tea leaf reading as to where the revival will lead to next. And first, before I even go on, I will credit the story. Sean Rossap, Ross uh, Fightful.com, first brought it up that the WWE was worried about the revival wanting out. And then Bodyslam.net came out and said, just flat out, that the revival have asked for their releases. So the credit goes there. Uh, but moving on looking at the revival look if you can find money comparable to wwe then why not i see why they're asking for their releases however on wwe side if i were wwe what would i do Look, i ain't letting them out of their releases i'm sorry I don't care what you what you think or how mad you are. Look, you're just gonna have to stay in these contracts. You sign the contract. If I'm WWE, I cannot let them out of their releases. As you see me pound my fantasy football title, this I just pulled it out of the closet just to pull it out. But I cannot set a bad president. If I let one person go, and I let them, I let them out of their releases. Then it's going to start a chain movement. Everybody's going to start asking out of their releases. And I just cannot have that happen. It sets a horrible precedent. And I just cannot start with the revival. Now, there's something to be said that, you know what? It's not cool to hold somebody hostage uh, while they really want to leave. No, that's not cool. But this is going to be a running theme for most of the topics that I have here. Business is business. And at the end of the day, the Revival signed the contract. So at the end of the day, the WWE has the right to say, look, we can't let you out of these contracts. This is what we're going to do. This is what's right for us. So we got to do what's right for us. So I, I'm talking about what I would do about were WWE. If I were the Revival, look, I would just play this thing out, ask for my release. That's fine. But I would play this thing out. And then once I get on the market, if AEW is offering me money comparable to WWE, to which if we go back to Chris Jericho's words, Chris Jericho said that AEW All Elite Wrestling offered him or gave him the richest contract that he has ever received. And Chris Jericho is not one of the old school wrestlers that comes on radio shows and BS people. So I take him at his word. So... I'm pretty sure the Revival can find money comparable to WWE, if not make more. If they can find that, then I'm throwing up the deuces. I'm out if I'm the Revival. And that's what I think they're going to do. We'll see. But if the Revival can find that, then I'm out. Because it's no big secret that those guys have been horribly used in WWE because at the end of the day if the revival are used decently if they are not treated like a joke then this is not a story i bet that this is not a story and i bet that they're not asking for the releases they don't have to be multiple time rule multiple world tag team champions excuse me to be treated decently but those guys don't want to be treated like a joke, and I don't blame them. They have not been the revival that we thought they would be coming out of NXT. WWE has a horrible track record with NXT tag teams, by the way. But they have not been the guys that we thought the top guys that we thought that they would be. And the big update on all of this is Scott Dawson's father posted on Twitter that WWE said that told the revival that they would give them three months and that they would use them correctly in three months, and things would be okay. Something to that effect. Now, I don't know when that conversation reportedly took place, but that's what Dawson's father posted. And at the end of the day, like, they're doing nothing with, with the revival. At the end of the day, if I get told that, I'm not falling for that banana in the tailpipe. Man, you can't keep that. If they were going to use the revival variety, if they were going to treat treat them decently, if they, they were going to stop treating them like a joke, it would have happened by now and at the end of the day look when the revivals contracts comes up they have to look at the way they've been treated they have to look at what's on the table they have to look at the offers if they're getting offers comparable to wwe and they can go to a spot where they will be happy creatively then you have to go to that spot if that's all elite wrestling then you have to go to all elite wrestling at least that's what i would do if i were the revival if i were a top guy say yeah So, moving on, we're going to move on to Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar. Balor versus the Beast. How about that? Man. See, everybody getting all excited. I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But, as an aside, Finn Balor versus Vince McMahon, I really thought that that was a work to shoot. Because we have Finn Balor said that you never believed in me, Uh, they believe in me. Vince McMahon said, you know, you don't have enough beef. And like, I don't get that. Like, first of all, when Vince McMahon said beef, I just bursted out laughing. That's like, where's the beef? That's like, I don't know if you kids get that old school Wendy's our commercial reference, but that was a commercial that says, where's the beef? And that's like Vince McMahon in the ring telling Finn about it. Well, where's the beef? And like, you know, part of that is true because Vince McMahon likes the big guy. His ideal guy is the six-foot guy that has the look that can wrestle decently, that can move around decently enough in the ring, that has charisma. That's just his prototype. I'm not saying he's right or wrong about that, but that's just what he likes. Now they gave Finn Balor the universal title, and there are some there are uh, instances in history, in WWE's history, in WWF's history, where the smaller guy has been the man, no doubt. But Vince McMahon's obviously his prototype, his preference is the big guy. So there was some truth to that, to those words, to so that little bit of back and forth with Balor and Vince McMahon. But two, Balor and Brock Lesnar, uh, look, we go from the believability scale. Look, you can make a small guy versus a big guy very believable. I don't know where we got to in 2019, 2018, or wherever, to where we stopped believing that the small guy could overcome the odds and beat the much bigger guy. I don't know where that fell off. That wasn't a thing in the 90s amongst fans. Like when a smaller guy got in the ring with a big guy, it was just a wrestling match. Like in these days, I hear, well, he wouldn't beat him up if it was a real fight. Well, it's not a real fight, it's wrestling. And it's an art form, and we can do things within wrestling to make it believable. Like you can use I, I seen somebody, I seen multiple people, so I can't just credit one person. But multiple people said that Finn Balor can use the demon gimmick to go to face off against Brock Lesnar, and that'll make it believable. And I'll buy that a, for a dollar. I suspend my belief for things more or less in wrestling. I'll suspend suspend my belief for that. Like, that's a good storyline. Also, I'll use the fact that Finn Balor can use his speed versus Brock Lesnar's power. Finn Balor can, If Finn Balor can work the match toward his speed, then the smaller guy can work his way and chop the bigger guy down. We've seen him wrestling in many instances in these smaller guy versus big guy matches that the smaller guy would go off the ropes, give the big guy a clothesline, and the big guy would stumble, and on the third time, the small guy would Finally, get him. The big guy goes down. The crowd goes insane. Uh, we, they can pull that off. And, like, it could be very believable. Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar. Now, to the dream result The dream result is that WWE just says, you know what? We're just going to go with it. Screw it. We're going to go with it. We're going to go all the way and put the title on Finn Balor. That's the dream result. Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar. Finn Balor gets the win and goes on to WrestleMania to face off against Seth freaking Rollins. Can you imagine Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins again for the Universal title at WrestleMania on that stage? Possibly a WrestleMania main event depending on what happens with the women? That would be phenomenal. But... At the end of the day, will it happen? <sighs> I hate to be Wade Barrett and give you bad news, but it ain't happening, ladies and gentlemen. Don't get your hopes up. I see people really getting excited because Finn Balor is finally, you know, in a place of position. You know, they're finally putting him in a prominent position. And at the end of the day, I see people getting excited about that. There's nothing wrong with getting excited about that. But at the end of the day, I don't want you to get your hopes up because it's gonna be the same old Brock Lesnar match You know Brock Lesnar dominates for a little bit then the guy gets some momentum Then Brock Lesnar hits a random F5 out of nowhere and the match is over You know, that's just how Brock Lesnar matches go and unfortunately, that's what's gonna happen to Finn Balor Now I also want to get on the only thing is I hope that they I'm just don't have Brock Lesnar completely dominate him, please. Please do that for me. Don't have the dude completely dominate Finn Balor. Just please do that for me. Because Finn Balor really needs this and he really needs to have a good showing in getting this match. So moving on, I want to jump to the report that coming from the Wrestling Observer newsletter from Dave Mustard that WWE continued to book um, Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman. Because they wanted to fuel out Chase Stadium. And. Like they didn't believe that Balor versus Brock Lesnar could sell a joint out. And to that I say. What? I. You have to put in your wrestling intuition for these reports. It's reportedly. But. I reported. I. I. Sincerely genuinely think that WWE doesn't think that Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar is a true draw. I sincerely think that. And to that. I say that you look at the the word rumble card. Just tossing the word rumble matches aside. You got Balor versus Lesnar, Sasha versus Rousey, Oscar versus Becky, Brian versus Styles. Those are four home run matches. And at the end of the day, yes, Bal- Balor versus Lesnar could have sold, and it would have sold out regardless. Because once you throw the Royal Rumble matches on top of that, man, you got a home run card. It's one of the best cards WWE has put on in recent years, to be quite honest with you. It rivals WrestleMania cards, to be honest. Those are four phenomenal matches with uh, two great Royal Rumble cards. I look at the Women's Royal Rumble, and I say that, I'm just as an aside, they have to rely, they have to rely less on nostalgia this year but it's still going to be a fantastic match. It has a fantastic storyline. The men's Royal Rumble match is going to be a fantastic match. So that puppy was going to sell out. Those are four home run matches with two great Royal Rumbles. So I don't see the need to rely on Braun Strowman. To rely on Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar when you knew you was going to go with Finn Balor versus Brock all along. So at the end of the day, Finn Balor's not going to win, but I at least hope that he gets a good showing. As an aside, and another aside, Finn Balor getting the rub from John Cena. I mean, not that I minded John Cena doing it. I mean, that was that's all fine and well with me. That's phenomenal. But people are acting like it was just this big passing of the torch moment and... I didn't see a passing at a touch moment. I mean, I just saw John Cena lose a match and put him over on the mic. I mean, it wasn't that huge of a deal to me, but John Cena did do it. So I do give him credit there. Hopefully Finn looks good in the match at the Royal Rumble. So we're going to jump into the two sweet t- uh, topics of the day. I haven't done this in a while. Ah, we're jumping to two topics. I don't go as long on these two topics. They're right, quick, fast, in a hurry. So we're going to jump right into this. Eva Ivelisse released a, t- a statement on Twitter. She said that she's in a dispute w- with Lucha Underground. said, for a bit over one and a half years now, I've been battling Lucha Underground to grant me my release. They convinced me to do Season 4 under the promise that I'd be released after the season concluded. And was still unhappy they currently are still refusing to do so despite having been told numerous times that they would uh, she eventually went on to say that I am at my wit's end so at this point regardless whatever happens at the very least I have told my story so my thoughts on all of this is it is a very unfortunate circumstance I hate to see Ivelisse in this situation and I just see Lucha Underground in these contract disputes. They had the contract disputes uh, with Ricochet as well, prim- formerly Prince Puma and Lucha Underground. So it's a it's a steady thing with Lucha Underground. And I hate to say it at a time when they're putting on fantastic television. From an entertaining entertainment standpoint, they are knocking it out of the park with their programming. And it's unfortunate that this goes down like this. But at the end of the day. Is it morally wrong that they're keeping Ivelisse uh, in this contract? Yes, it's morally wrong, but here we go again. Business is business. If you didn't get it written down uh, by Lucha Underground, then they have the right to say, we're going to hold on to you. And they went against their word, which is bad enough. According to Ivelisse, they went against, their, went against their word and Joy Ryan backed her up on this one. And like, that's bad. But, at the end of the day, is it wrong contractually? And I gotta say that, it is not wrong contractually. Because there's nothing written down that they have to release her. At the end of the day, evil should have jumped ship when everybody else jumped ship before this uh, lady's season of Lucha Underground took place. But, it's so sad because she wanted to be a good soldier, she wanted to ride for Lucha Underground... And for that, she gets this for her troubles. So Lucha Underground is not in the wrong contractually, but it's wrong morally to hold someone like this. But at the end of the day, hey, business is business. And at the end of the day, I hate to see Evil caught up like this, but it is what it is. So moving on to the last two sweet topic of the day, Ryan sat in a pro wrestling sheet has reported that Mike and Maria Canellis has reportedly asked for their release from their contracts, from WWE. And this comes on the heels, heels of the revival action for their release as well. This is primarily the, re- the reason why I said that, the re- that WWE, from their standpoint, they can't grant the revival of their release because then that is gonna set a horrible precedent. And at the end of the day, they cannot grant uh Mike and maria konellis their releases either but it's so crazy because Mike and maria debuted and they came from impact wrestling they had a pretty decent run in impact wrestling i liked them there and they debuted there for wwe and i think that was that was at, definitely at a pay-per-view i want to say money in the bank but i'm not entirely sure but he's been rarely used. And I can understand where they're coming from, why they want their releases. And at the end of the day, I hope they eventually move on and find bigger and better things. But here we go again. Business is business. And if I'm WWE, I'm saying, look, I'm sorry, but I can't grant you re- your release. So, I mean, business is business at the end of the day. Hopefully, Mike and Maria Canellas finds better things moving forward when they eventually get out of their contracts. So moving on, we got some MOW news, and some Ring of Honor news, two companies that I try my best to keep up with, but it's so hard because there's so much wrestling to try to keep up with. And on top of that, I I do reviews every week, reactions, and I podcast every week. I'm uploading, I'm editing. And man, by the end of the week, I'm just shot going into the weekend. That's why I'm pretty much on YouTube. There's barely a lot of content on YouTube for me for the weekends because my body is just worn the heck out. But MLW, Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor has signed Rush from MLW. Rush was slated to be at MLW's, one of MLW's biggest shows. Uh, The wrestler is... World-renowned world renowned in Mexico had a fantastic feud with the Park and MLW was bringing that to their company and they, was gonna, they were going to bring it for, for Rise of the Renegades. their special for WrestleMania weekend and, and Ring of Honor snatched them up and signed them to an exclusive deal and Rush is no longer working for MLW and look, I said it last week. Things were gonna get ugly between companies. I, I can see it coming. It's just like the 90s. It's just, look, from a from a competitive fervor standpoint, things were gonna get ugly because these companies were gonna be going after the same wrestlers, and some of these companies were gonna be signing wrestlers out of other companies, and it was just gonna get ugly between, between companies, and here we go. Now, with all this being said, is of Gavina wrong morally? Sure they're wrong morally. Just like I just mentioned with Lucha Underground and, and uh, Evil Leafs. They're wrong morally, but here we go again. Business is business. And in this day and age with the advent of All Elite Wrestling, Ray Gavina has the right to do what they want to do. And they can sign them to an exclusive deal if they want. And they could play a hardball if they want. Now they—I will say this—they could have let them work that day for Rise of the Renegades, but they didn't, and that's totally their right. They have the right to do that. It's not right morally, but they totally have the right to do it. Kurt Bauer of MLW—he said that politics got in the way uh, with Ring of Honor and Rush of them putting Rush at Rise of the Renegades, so it's fair to say that MLWA and are on bad terms. So, here we go again, it's getting competitive. It is getting very competitive. Like I said, it's great for the wrestlers, it's great for the wrestling fans, but it's gonna get ugly between the wrestling companies, and this is just the start. It is only the beginning, because mark my roads, something big is gonna happen and some big name is gonna get caught up and one of these situations is gonna happen and it's gonna happen to a huge thing it's gonna shake the wrestling community to its core and I cannot wait because that's what the 90s were all about it was extremely petty in the 90s I hope it doesn't get that petty amongst the companies because back in the 90s there was no such no thing when it when it picked up there were no things. What was no thing as an open contract like you couldn't just work for WWF WCW then go to ECW. No that wasn't a thing. It was just too petty. It was just too competitive between companies. You wasn't doing that. You were signing exclusive deals to either WWF or WCW or ECW or what have you. So open contracts being a thing is a fantastic day, thing in this day and age because we get matchups that We've never seen before in these companies, but I think going into 2019 and beyond, I think it's going to become a survival of the fittest and these companies are going to be looking at each other. They're not going to want to sign open contracts so that a company, a company like an All Elite Wrestling can get a leg up and they're going to start signing exclusive contracts. I think this, this isn't the first exclusive contract and it most certainly will not be the last. So moving on. To the other topics we have. Bobby Lashley. How about that? Bobby Lashley is your new Intercontinental Champion. Bobby Lashley. What a shocker. Like, I'm watching Seth Rollins versus Ambrose. Bobby Lashley. I'm thinking, okay, Dean Ambrose pick up the win here. This will be the end of the Ambrose-Rollins feud. Rollins will move on to the Royal Rumble and eventually he'll move on to Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. And... Surprise, surprise! Bobby Lashley picks up the victory! So, looking at the situation, I'm not sure if it's the quote-unquote right thing to do because where does Dean Ambrose go from here? Dean Ambrose went from a psycho, just a psycho look in his eyes. He went from probably the best character in WWE. Then he turned heel... On Seth Rollins and he was the most interesting thing in WWE you wanted to see what was next for Dean Ambrose and I was eating out of the palm of his hands he wasn't even saying anything and I was like man this is so good and once he said, said a few things it was still good and then eventually it that feud just started to erode and Dean Ambrose really started to erode his heel turn started to go down a pipe fast and I have no idea where he goes from here But it is great for Bobby Lashley. I'll say that much. Uh, Bobby Lashley. It's a great thing for him. Because Bobby Lashley needed something. Like they needed to start start taking him seriously. And sometimes. Sometimes the win. Is what gets you over the top. Like sometimes. Getting that championship win. Is what puts you over. And I know that. Sometimes there's a case to be made. that, That people are making that okay, man, what has Bobby Lashley done? Like, he doesn't deserve it. And I understand your point, but sometimes winning that championship is the thing that gets that, that starts your momentum, that gets your momentum. And I can very well see this being the case for Bobby Lashley. For Bobby Lashley. And hopefully they can start taking him seriously like the destroyer that he is. So moving on, I'm watching the match and and Bobby Lashley the three count happens and the first thing I do is jump up for 10 to 15 seconds because look as a black man I'm caught up in this thing to where I have this thing to where I want to see a brother win a WWE title again before I die like I at least want to see a brother win what WWE considers to be their main title I want to see him hoisted above his head before I leave this earth. Like, I don't want to have just The Rock. And, like, you mean to tell me that you got to be an all-time great to win the WWE title? Like, I want to see somebody else win it for once. So, until I get that dream to happen, like, this happened. And the first thing I thought about, and it's sad. First thing I said was, man, when was the last time a brother held a singles title in WWE? I was trying to think. I I can't remember when was the last time a black person held a single title in WWE. So since I can't remember something like that, seeing Bobby Lashley just win the Intercontinental Championship brought me great joy for those 15 to 20 seconds that he was celebrating. I was extremely happy. So from here on in, I hope they take him seriously. I hope this is not a transitional reign. And... I hope it's not, a, just like a, not like a two month reign and he drops the title. I hope they take him seriously as a destroyer. In Impact Wrestling, Bobby Lashley was the destroyer and he took names and beat uh, behind. Left and right. And I hope they start taking them seriously. Stop posing. I don't want to see Bobby Lashley's behind every five seconds. I want to see the dude destroying behind and kicking behind. Taking names. That's the Bobby Lashley that I want to see so hopefully this is just the start for Bobby Lashley and they start taking them seriously going forward we're gonna get into the final topic WWE AEW, AEW's offer all elite wrestling's offers this one is quite funny to me and i am gonna jump straight on into it Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports That after Bandito turned down WWE for Ring of Honor, WWE has made it clear, at least for certain people, that they will beat anyone's offer for talent. And they also have told people, if you can show on paper an offer from another company, they'll beat it. Even double it on the spot if you sign immediately. So, what we have here it's a case of money and like Booker T in the infamous words of Booker T Tony Khan and his father they got long green ducats baby and Vince McMahon has noticed every bit of it and like man WWE got the money to shell it out so wrestlers might as well go for it so I mean look man AEW got money, and at this point, this just means that mid-carders are about to get paid. The wrestlers are about to get pizzyed, bruh. Like, they about to get the long green ducats. So, look, if I'm a wrestler in this spot, if I'm a mid-carder that has somewhat of a big name, if I have somewhat of a big big name that's about to get a big push, look, I'm about to use all this leverage. Look, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get me Microsoft Word. I'm going to make me up a contract. I'm going to get that AEW logo. I'm going to pop that sucker right at the top. And look, I'm going to make me up a contract. And we I'm going to use all the leverage in the world. This going to be like when CM Punk was having an open negotiation with Vince for the Summer of Punk. And he said, I want ice cream bars. That's going to be me. Let's go on to Vince McMahon. I'm going to be like, look Vince, I got Cody on speed dial. I got Nick and Matt on speed dial. We're about to do this right now. And I'm going to have them on speed dial. I'm going to have them on speed dial. And I'm going to have them saying, look, look Vince, they're going to give me $10 million. I need you to up your pay. So I'm going to use all of this leverage that, that I have. I'm going to be Dr. Evil in that. 10 million dollars, that's gonna be me. I'm gonna use all the leverage in the world. So, as it pertains to the wrestlers, I am pro wrestler. I hope all these wrestlers get paid. I'm for the wrestlers that's throwing their bodies on the lines, night in and night out. I hope they get all the money that they can get. And with the advent of AEW All Elite Wrestling, oh, it's looking like they about to get the money because we got another billionaire in the business. This is just like the 90s. Now, this report, it doesn't necessarily have to fully be true, but just go back to the 90s. WCW came along. Ted Turner came along with all that money, a billionaire. They started to give guaranteed contracts. The first guaranteed contracts in the history of wrestling. Changed professional wrestling. And I hope people start to see that, look, this is a good thing for wrestling. If people are getting paid more than so bad. It's, t- it's time to stop that. Brock Lesnar is the one getting paid all of the big bucks, and everybody else is just getting what they get. How about some of the, the wrestlers that's putting their bodies on the line? How about everybody get in on that Fox money that WWE has, that Saudi Arabia money that WWE has? Like they should get on in that too. <laughs> I'm looking on Periscope right now. Yes, this is a belt. This is my fantasy football title, but. <laughs> wrestlers should get in on this money that WWE has and at the end of the day I hope they all get paid we'll see how it all turns out let me know your thoughts on this situation all elite wrestling uh them getting paid double these wrestlers getting paid double uh, reportedly Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar and you can see my podcast on Periscope uh, Periscope has been giving me the business lately, like just problem after problem after problem. But find me on YouTube at OMG Corey B and on Twitter at OMG B and at Two Sweet Pod. You can check out the full podcast there on iTunes as well at Two Sweet Wrestling Podcast. I am out.